This podcast is created in partnership with The Network. The Hope For Us Network is a lived experience coalition disrupting the highest risk factors for mental health crises. What you're about to hear is the audio version of this podcast. If you want to see the video component, check out our YouTube channel. If you want to tune in live and ask the guests questions in real time, check out our Twitch channel. We're on every other Thursday, 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. CST. Both links are in the description below. If you like what I'm doing here and you want to support it, consider buying me a coffee by clicking on the support button. And now, mental health and creativity collide. Hi, I'm your host, Kate. Welcome to Mental Health and Creativity Collide, where we explore everyday creatives, whether you're a CEO, a chef, a death doula, or a professional actor. Mental health and creativity are gifts we all have as humans. This podcast explores how our guests find balance between mental health and creativity. It is a celebration of their stories and an invitation for us to share our own. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Um, I have the amazing Emily with me today. <laughs> Let's see. And I'm getting a little bit of weird back. Oh, like, do you, do you hear the backlog, Emily? Do you hear me twice? I don't. Oh, great. Okay. Well, take two. Okay. <laughs> oh, I'll do this. So, um, Hang on one second. So, so I'm still getting uh, it. Let's see. Okay, I think I just fixed the issue. Thanks everybody for your patience. Okay, cool. Um, so uh, before we begin tonight, just a, a one house quick housekeeping thing is next episode would be on Thanksgiving and we've decided to not have an episode on that night. Um, we're gonna meet next time on December 2nd. So if you're listening and you wanna know, that is the next time we'll be on air. Um, but before we uh, begin and I introduce the amazing Emily here with me today, a professional organizer, a mom, a superhero in my eyes. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna start with a quick meditation. And um, Emily, you're welcome to keep the screen on or off. You can participate or not. And same goes for everybody listening. Um, but if you'd like to, to do the meditation, you just sit up really tall and you can keep eyes open or closed. It's whatever feels good to you. And then just slowly start to take the attention to your breath. Lovely. And just letting it start to slow down. Slow breath just communicates to the brain that you're safe. So it'll allow your muscles and nerves to soften just a little deeper. And slowly taking your attention to the chest. Gonna inhale as slow as feels good, but not so slow that it feels hard to breathe. And then as you exhale, see if you can exhale for the same amount that you inhale. So it would be different for everybody, just finding a pace that feels good to you. And if that feels good, um, you can either stay here or move on and think about the ribs expanding with your chest next time you naturally inhale. So you're just going nice and slow at a place that feels luxurious, but not hard to breathe and then exhaling for about the same amount. 
and you can stay right here or adding the belly next time you inhale chest expands ribs expands and the belly just gets nice and soft and full of air I'm just letting that go for the same count. You can be at your own pace here. And the last thing to add on, if you feel like it, is just a count. So as you breathe in nice and slow, you can slowly start to count and then naturally pause. And then slowly start to exhale for the same number. So for me, I like to use the number four. I'm just very slowly breathing in for the number four, gently pausing. And then exhaling for the same number. It can be slow or fast. And any variation of this, I'm just going to be quiet for a couple rounds. And allow you to find movement or stillness here that feels good. And all of my voice will come back in when we're at the end of just those few moments. Great. Now, if you're really loving this space, feel free to stay in it as long as you like. And whenever you feel ready, uh, Emmy, there's no rush coming into the conversation. Um, great. Um, so Emily and I have known each other for a very long time. Uh, she and I met doing theater when we were kids and she became one of my best friends quickly, still is, but is also an incredible human being. Uh, she has her own organizational business where she helps people organize their lives. Mm -hmm. She's a realtor. She is a mom of an amazing, uh, amazing little, little uh, child named Remy. She's about to be a mom again. Uh, she's uh, uh, she's just really an inspiring person to me and somebody that I feel like very much um, emulates creativity and mental health as a priority in their life. So perfect for the show. I'm really excited for y'all to get to know her. Emily, is there anything else you'd like to add to your introduction or anything I missed? I feel the same way about you. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, so I always like to start off the show with the question, do you have an earliest creative memory or something that like when you think back, you're like, that's the first time I remember being creative or something close? Yeah, um, the earliest memory that I have of being creative um, was probably when I was about four or five. I was a very shy and very lonely little kid. Um, and I remember painting rocks and making them my pet rock family. Um, <laughs> And um, yeah, I like I said, I was very lonely and I also had an imaginary brother um, named Michael. Um, and so that was, that's about the earliest memory that I have. <laughs> I love that. I think I remember you telling me about Michael now that you, that's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I used to make fairies out of little acorns in the woods. So I think we, it's, we should have met earlier. We could have. Yeah. <laughs> That's very cool. So, um, so moving from amazing rock families and 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 Michael, the invisible brother, into into theater, um, mm -hmm. like what was what was that transition 
like for you? Like, do you, what what was theater to you in terms of like creativity and mental health? Um, it was really important to me. Like I said, I was painfully shy when I was little. Excuse me. And so I was looking for something um, that was really just mine. Um, and so. I remember sitting down with, at dinner with my parents and I had the Washington Township Rec Center pamphlet in front of me and I went through and circled everything I wanted to do. And my parents said, OK, you can pick a couple things to do and we'll try it. Um, and so like cheerleading was one. I think ice skating was one. And then theater was the third. Um, and my parents were like, well, cheerleading and ice skating are both really expensive. Um, so you can pick one of those and then we'll also try theater. And so I tried theater um, and cheerleading. Cheerleading obviously did not work out very well because I have no hand-eye coordination whatsoever. Um, and I auditioned for Alice in Wonderland at the rec center at um, Town Hall where I met Katie and our other best friend, Tegan. Um, and it just, it meant everything to me. It was a place where I had a community of just my own, um, where I could be on stage and just kind of personify somebody else for a little while. Like I said, I was very, very shy um, and very lonely and it gave me amazing friends who I still have and it gave me um, just kind of an outlet to be a little bit braver and a little bit stronger. Um, and I learned lessons that I, still hold so, so dear to me, like being organized and um, being disciplined and being on top of things, juggling schoolwork and memorizing lines and blocking and um, just all those different things. So um, it was really an amazing and helpful route for someone who was very introverted to take. And I'm very happy I did. Yeah. I do think it's funny. I, I even talked about with my therapist about this last week. And she's like, you're so shy. And like, it's so painful for you to perform uh, mm. sometimes. Like, why do you do it? And I was like, well, it's also very liberating. And it gives me mm. all the skill sets that you're talking about. But it's funny. We were both shy kids mm -hmm. that like met in a very extroverted world. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Emily, you, you were, Emily was a, well, you were a card for the first one. And I was the Tweedledee with the beanie. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, I wanted to be Alice. Um, Never, we did, oh, didn't we all? <laughs> yeah, we um, but I was card number five. I was the five of spades, and I got to talk in a fake Cockney accent, and it was it was delightful. But it it's just started this or lit this huge fire in me to excuse me perform and um and just you know to try something that I had never tried before. So. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know. I look at it back as sort of like the the catalyst for so many of our mm -hmm. life choices going forward. Um, yeah. Tegan, Tegan that Emily mentioned has also been on the podcast. So if you've been listening and you're like, that name sounds familiar. Um, the uh, I, I remember very distinctly being a young kid too, and you organizing all of our closets for us. Like you, you would come over and like help us go through stuff because we were all big thrifters. Mm -hmm. um, so we'd go to thrift stores and get all these amazing things, but then our closets inevitably had like all these bohemian skirts mostly <laughs> for me. Um, but yeah, I remember it was such a gift and like the space always felt so good after you left. Mm -hmm. And I think it's so interesting how like these loves that we have when we're younger transition into what we do as we're older. Can you talk a little bit about like how you, like how you started organizing and how you ended up where you are having your own business? And yes. So uh, it was actually when I was 15, um, 
And I would go to your house and Tegan's house and anyone's house who would let me um, really and organize their closets. I was really into watching what not to wear and also hoarders. Um, and I, I loved the transformation that they made in people's lives without, you know, really buying anything or doing anything other than sorting through their stuff and helping them be able to find clothes better, uh, to get ready in the morning. And so it started when I was 15. Um, and I would go to my friend's houses and help them organize and pretend that I was Stacy London for a little bit. Um, and I just, I loved it. I loved seeing how just simple changes would make the biggest impact um, in people that I cared about in their lives. Um, and so it wasn't until about two years ago um, that I decided to quit my nine to five job that I enjoyed. It was a good job, um, but I just felt God calling me to start this business and that it was time. Um, and so I like to say I kind of got smart and started charging people <laughs> to organize their spaces. But um, it was I was really reluctant, truthfully, at first to um, to charge people because I was so excited just to be able to do it for them. Um, but the thing that you learn, I think, about being an entrepreneur is people people are happy to pay when you've when you've impacted their lives or like I said, even made it easy to get ready in the morning. Or um, I had one client the other day who was like, you came in and organized my master closet. And since then, everything has changed. She said, it's made it easier for me to tidy up the kitchen and meal prep. I've started exercising again. I've started doing this. She was like, it wasn't just a closet. It's everything. Oh. And it was so impactful to me. Um, I was like, it, it really is. It's, it's not just stuff. Um, I like to say that clutter is really emotional mm -hmm. and you don't realize the weight that your things have. Um, and when you have so much, you can't really appreciate what you have. That's so real. Yeah. I love that. Is it, um, I have two follow-up questions. Mm -hmm. I think I'll start with the first, but the, uh, and also too, y'all, if you're listening and you have questions for Emily, please put them in the chat. And mm -hmm. at seven 30, we will, we will answer y'all's questions. So please, yeah. please do throw them in there. Um, so uh, the so the first one is, is, I think that becoming an entrepreneur with your creativity and the thing that you love and then starting to ask for money is really hard. Um, as you said, how did you navigate that? Like what, what sorts of steps did you take to really process that and bring it into actuality for yourself? Uh. That's a really good question. So when I first officially started my business, Lively Organizing, I actually did it for free. Um, the first few appointments were free. And then I started charging once I got experience and started, um, you know, reading a lot of books and being really intentional about my training um, and being really formal almost in my training for being an organizer. I started to slowly charge more money. Um and so for me, it was one, a way to pay the bills and to, you know, bring an income into the into the house. But two, it helped me to realize that what I was doing wasn't just a job, that it was a career and charging for it helped me to reinvest that into entrepreneurial masterminds, um, into classes, into buying books, um, and so reinvesting, which really just makes me a better organizer um, and better able to serve my community and the people who hire me. Um, 
And so it, it's kind of, I was squirmy at first to charge people, but now I'm very confident in it. And I'm truthfully about to raise my prices again um, because I work really hard at being the best that I can be um, and to show up really well for my clients. And so um, I know that it's really going back to them and it's not necessarily um, going to like material things or anything like that, but it's going back to my clients or to my family. Um, and that has kind of helped me to have confidence in saying, Oh, this is my, this is what I charge. Yeah, absolutely. That's very cool. I, uh, yeah, well, and I know, uh, so I know that organizing is a, is a form that you use for your own creativity and your own mental health. Mm -hmm. Is it hard having that be your job as well? Like, is that a tough balance to find or do you not, does that not come up at all for you? Um, it is a tough balance sometimes like in this current season in life, I'm 36 weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, and when I come home from an organizing appointment, I don't have a lot of energy to organize my own house um, or to, you know, do the day to day minutiae around here. Um, and so just like the last few weeks, it has been a struggle to um, really kind of keep my own personal life in order, because one thing that I've noticed about me is that if my house is in order, and this was true when I lived with my parents growing up, um, when you and I lived together, when I was single, um, if the place that I live is in order, I feel better. I feel like I'm in order. Um, and so when things, like when my environment starts to spin out of control, I feel out of control. And that's when I start getting panic attacks and my anxiety shoots through the roof. Um, I start eating really poorly and it just, it really, everything just starts to spiral. And so it's been um, a lesson for me to prioritize. Yes, I do need to obviously organize and fulfill a promise to my clients, but I also need to make my own home um, a priority um, just so I don't, you know, fall out and, you know, not serve my clients as well and not serve my family as well and not serve myself as well. So um, it's tricky. It's tricky. And it's also um, having to say no to clients is really hard. Um, I'm so sorry. I can't take that appointment right now. Or um, here, let me refer you to somebody else. It's, it's a, it's a tough balance, but it's a worthwhile one. Definitely. Yeah. I think that's really inspiring and something I have a hard time finding the balance of too, you know, like whenever you love something and then money's involved in our capitalist yeah. culture, I think it's such a hard line to walk. Mm -hmm. um, but I love what you said. It's like, it's a priority for my space first and then we'll move from there. Um, and I, I find that that especially like, uh, so a lot of our friends are having kids right now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's just really amazing. You already have a beautiful son. Um, is it, is it, like what sorts of challenges has that brought into it? Like having a little one adding to your space, <laughs> like taking care of them while running, well, really two businesses because you're a realtor also. Um, yeah. And I'd love to talk to you about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so my son is two and a half. He'll be three in January and he is a human tornado. <laughs> he does not stop moving from the second he wakes up until the second he goes to bed. He doesn't stop moving. Um, and so literally he is making a mess. I'm cleaning up one. He's making one. I'm cleaning up one. And I try and, you know, again, prioritize what needs to be done, what needs to be picked up, what can wait. 
but unfortunately his messes usually involve like paint and water and trying to put scissors into the electrical outlet. And, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> put soap everywhere. Um, he's very creative in, in the messes that he makes and he has no fear, which is a, which is a really interesting combination. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's been, you know, again, just trying to prioritize like, okay, toys can be left out. No one's being hurt with toys. I can leave those out, but all the food that he smeared all over the table that needs to be cleaned up because then we'll get ants and gnats and that'll be really gross. Um, and so just constantly prioritizing what needs to be done, what can wait. Um, and the really super type A perfectionist part of me has had a really hard time letting that go. But realizing that like sitting and playing with him is so much more important when I am home and do have time just to be with him. Um, that sitting and playing with him or going for a walk and being outside that that's way more important than, you know, putting the dishes away or, you know, picking up his toys for the hundredth time or even cleaning up the paint that's very washable to, um, to get that done. And so it's tough, but, um, but it's good. It's really good. And he has taught me just to really, I don't know, be, be a better person and be more in the moment and just enjoy what's right in front of you. Um, cause like messes will always be there, but he will only be little for so long. And, um, yeah, so it's been, I forget where I was going with that, but it's the, <laughs> it was, no, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful flow. I, uh, um, yeah, I am, I'm really curious how having a little one like that, like you said, make you a better person, but like, mm -hmm. in what ways has he shaped your creativity and your mm -hmm. mental health? Is it, yeah, in what ways? <laughs> Um, he has, well, first, um, concerning mental health. So when I had my son, um, I had some, some postpartum depression, um, that came along with it. And like when he was born, I was really truthfully at my lowest that I've about ever been. Um, it was about two weeks after he was born that it hit, like my husband went back to work, my mom left, um, and I was just alone with him and I had struggles breastfeeding. And so I felt like my body had let me down. My body was letting him down. Um, it really just, I mean, it, it was, it was bad. And I felt like it wasn't necessarily true, but I felt like everyone had just abandoned me. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a matter of trying to pri not prioritize, but trying to figure out what it was, that I needed to do. Um, and at the time I was getting ready to go back to my nine to five job. Wow. Um, and I, I liked it, but something was missing. Um, and so one of the things, um, that kind of pulled me out of it was starting my own business. Um, it was 10 months after he was born that I made the decision to quit my job and start officially start my business. Um, and really doing that helped me to get out of my rut. One, I felt like I was living out my purpose. I wanted my son to see his mom doing something really kick-ass um, and working for herself and um, doing something that brought joy to other people and served the community. And I really loved it. And so 
that helped a lot. Um, and seeing like just being in the present with my kid and not worrying about what everyone else is thinking or doing or what my house looks like. Um, but just really being grateful for his health, for his little smile, for, um, the fact that even though I couldn't breastfeed, he was still very healthy. And I had, um, a friend who actually donated her breast milk. And so he was, and she's like way healthier than I am. And so he was like getting like Cadillac premiums. <laughs> um, and that he was still fed. And so it was just kind of overcoming those in the grand scheme of things, those little obstacles that at the time seemed so much bigger um, that helped and just kind of being grateful for who he is. Um, and this day and this day and age, uh, <laughs> now that he's a toddler and he doesn't stop, it's really just about not it's it's so cool really to see his little personality developing and instead of getting impatient and frustrated with him and being that super type a person that is my natural tendency and just letting that go um and just kind of getting down to his level and seeing where he is or like if he has a tantrum not yelling at him because I have tantrums and nobody yells at me. Um, We all have, we all have our, our moments, I guess you could say. Um, And so just really, it's made me more grateful and more, excuse me, humbled for, for everything. And just to, from the creative aspect, um, just like seeing (laughs) the things that he comes up with to do and the solutions that he has. Like right now he's super into like this little pumpkin that we had sitting on the porch forever. (laughs) Um, And he put together a bag of tools and now he's like trying out the different tools on this pumpkin for purposes. I don't know. know, (laughs) Very intent on whatever with this pumpkin. Um, And so it's just been really cool. Um, and it's really freeing, especially like when you just like watch a kid and play with them and, um, you know, just kind of see where they're going, put your phone down, put all the grown up BS away and just, just enjoy watching the world through a little kid's eyes. It's, it's really fun. Oh, that's really beautiful. There are so <laughs> many good things you just said. I, um, I'm, I'm curious, do you, do, were you still dealing with postpartum depression when you started your business? I was, I was. Um, and truthfully, I don't think it fully went away. Um, but it has definitely gotten better. Um, like my panic attacks have gotten a lot worse. Um, but I can fortunately kind of see them coming now. Um, and I know not like a cure all, but just guardrails to put in place before things get to that point. Um, and I, I wasn't seeing a therapist when I had my son, um, but I have one lined up so that I don't sink as far with the second one. Um, yeah. Because I, it was, I, I don't know, it was just unbelievable. I felt empty and like a shell. 
I felt hopeless. Um, and when, when I felt like everyone had left and my body was failing me, I would just lay in bed and cry and he would be in his crib crying. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want to deal with this right now. I don't want to deal with you right now. Yeah. And that truthfully scared me because like, as a mom, you're to a newborn, you're it. They have nothing. Um, and so it was a matter of, you know, succumbing or whatever and um, not in just dealing with the fact that, yeah, I couldn't breastfeed. That's not the end of the world. Um, or no, I wasn't losing weight as quickly as I wanted to. My body was still very torn and broken. <laughs> um, but just doing little steps and getting little wins and seeing that at each doctor's appointment, he was growing and flourishing. Um, and so, yeah, I was still dealing with it when I started my business, but my business helped me and it helped me to be a better mom. And it really helped me to just kind of step into who, who and what I feel like I was created to be. Um, I feel like we all have our own strengths and being organized and helping others and just really listening to what someone wants um, happens to be one of mine. And I'm really thankful for it. It really is. Yeah. It's such a gift to like everybody that knows you. <laughs> um, thank you for being willing to talk about too, um, just like postpartum depression and, and also, and also breast milk, because mm -hmm. I think more, like as I'm going through the women that I know, which, you know, I, I know a lot of women who've had babies more mm -hmm. often than not, they can't use their own breast milk. And mm -hmm. I think there's such a societal stigma on it. And like you said, now we have so many women, some women overproduce. And then it's like, yeah. it's, it's like it, we it, normally we'd all be in a society like, you know, a, a few, even a few hundred years ago, we'd all be together in a group. And mm -hmm. if some people have more, some people have less you share. Um, but this weird societal, I don't know. This, this sort of like, uh, I'm curious if you feel this too, like you should be able to do everything. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so it horrible. That and just, I mean, like the thing that totally blindsided me uh, was just the shaming, like the mom shaming. Really? Like, you're not breastfeeding. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. I had someone tell me the other day that the only person who suffered from me working so much was my son. <gasps> That's horrible. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and it, it just, it baffled me. Um, because I'm really confident in my mothering. I'm really confident wow. in my entrepreneurship. I'm really confident truthfully in who I am as a person. And I was just kind of like, that's not true. That's yeah. so not true. I'm one, I'm not leaving my kid like on the side of the road when I go to <laughs> <laughs> work. Um, and I'm really intentional about when I'm home, I'm home with him um, and I'm home with my family and I'm not on my phone. I'm not um, distracted. And if I am, if there's something I need to deal with work-wise, um, you know, I tell him, I treat him like a tiny human and say, hey, mommy has to work for one minute and then I'll be right back or something. Um, and he seems to understand. And so, um, yeah. And I think with the rampant use of social media that it makes everyone feel entitled that their opinion is, is right. But I mean, no one knows your kid like you do and no one knows yourself like you do. And 
whether you work or don't or breastfeed or don't or whatever. I mean, yeah. truthfully, I think very, few, very few things will like make or break your kid. That's so healing to hear out loud. And like, I don't know this woman, but also I'm like, man, something like that reeks of bitterness or jealousy. Yeah. Or, you know, there's some, some more of, I shouldn't even say that specific, more of them than of you. You're an amazing mom. Yeah. Um, I love too how you do treat Remy like a little human. Like he, and like you said, he really does feel like he understands. Like he just, so I, kids have such high intelligence. <laughs> they really do. Um, and I, it's something that Cameron and I are both really intentional about. Um, like his emotions and just what talking to him, we've always, um, made him just a part of like our daily, excuse me, our daily routine. And we bring him along with most things that we're doing. Um, I can't really take him to organizing appointments cause that'd be really unsafe, but, oh, yeah. <laughs> but like when I show houses or have to run into the office or something like that, I make sure that he's right there with me. Um, and so he gets to see, you know, what we do and he knows that he's loved and valued and that he isn't necessarily the center of our world, but he is in the center of our world. He's a part of it. And he's a part of this, this family thing. Um, and so it's been, it's been really good and it's been good for me. And I think, um, I mean, I think he's a great kid, but I'm super partial. <laughs> I think he is too. <laughs> um, I think that's really beautiful. I, and also to, uh, you know, along the same lines, thank you for sharing about postpartum because so mm -hmm. many people go through that. Uh, we don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, the, um, yeah, I'm so glad you have somebody set up for this little one coming along. Um, thank you for sharing that. The, uh, I'm, I'm curious too, because I know you mentioned Cameron. So Cameron is Emily's partner um, and, and husband, but I, uh, I'm curious, what's it like? You say you run two businesses, <laughs> you have a partner. Mm -hmm. And you have a kid and another one on the way. Like, how does that work with both of you? Like, how does, how does, how does your house function in a supportive way? And, um, and this is Mozart. We have cats, as you can see there. Um, cats are so good for mental health. <laughs> yes. Um, it's, it is a lot easier um, when you communicate and you don't just assume the other person knows what you need and want. Um, and so for a while I was just trying to do it all and be it all and whatever other BS that we hear. Um, but being really open and saying, Hey, Cam, like, can you do the dishes? Will you pick up dinner? Um, how about you do X, Y, and Z and I'll do X, Y, and Z. And even though it can seem a little businessy, I think sometimes you do have like the business side of things um, when you're in a relationship. But um, he, what I've found is he is more than willing to, you know, pick up whatever and do whatever um, and be supportive. He actually has probably been my number one champion in starting a business and getting my real estate license and um, just doing all of the things um, where I'm really, really type A, he's really, really type B. <laughs> um, he's very, very, very low key and laid back. Not a lot really gets him riled up. Um, 
which is really good for me. Um, and then vice versa, my um, spunk, I don't know what you want to call it, is really good for him. Um, just ambition, maybe we'll call it ambition, um, <laughs> is really good for him because, um, you know, he has his own dreams and things that he wants to do. And so it's, it's good to find a balance. Um, and I would say like after our son was born and I was on maternity leave, um, he didn't want me to go back to my nine to five job. He said, you, I think you need to do this organizing thing. You have a gift, you need to do it. And I was like, no, but I can't, I can't do it. I can't, I'm not going to do it. And that's, I'm not, I'm not that type. I can't do it. Um, and he was definitely my number one supporter in that. And um, when I start to feel like I should be getting X, Y, or Z done, he's like, no, I'm, I'm here. You're not alone. You just, just tell me, or, you know, let's set up something that works. Um, and so that's been really amazing. And I think the most important thing is whether you're married or not, is just, having a community of people who will listen to you and one, tell you when you're being unrealistic, um, but two, who are literally just there for whatever you need. Um, and for me, it's been a lesson in not just assuming someone knows what I need, but asking for help. Mm. Um, because not everybody feels about a clean house the way that I do. Not everybody feels about, you know, meal prep and food the way that I do. Um, and so it's, it's, um, yeah, it's a lesson. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. It is, it is so surprisingly hard to ask for help. Mm. Um, I, uh, I was talking with an, another woman the other day, uh, another female identified person and she was talking to her therapist and about a similar, she's considering a similar life change. I don't want to divulge anything too personal, but um, she was like, I'm worried. I can't, I'm not that type. I'm worried I'm being selfish. Mm. And, and the, her therapist was like, you know, I've been doing this a really long time. And she's like, that's a theme I hear with only like female identified folks is like, I'm being selfish or I, I, I'm not that person. And mm. uh, how inspiring to hear a story like yours, where it's like, no, like you can be that person and it's not selfish. Like it actually can give to your kids and like mm. your partner. And I, I just think it's really cool. Yeah. Thank you. I feel, um, I feel that if you have a gift or a strength or something and you feel like you are called to do something, it is almost selfish not to do it. Mm. It is almost selfish to deprive the world or your community of the gifts that you have um, because someone needs it. And whether that's, you know, opening an Etsy shop or, you know, starting a professional organizing company or, um, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it is amazing how we do feel selfish in, in putting in doing something for ourselves, but really I have just the, the feedback I've received and the gratitude that I get almost daily is, is amazing. And I feel like I would have been depriving people. And I'm not saying like, Oh, I'm depriving people of my talents. Um, but I do think <laughs> I would be depriving people of feeling comfortable at home and walking into their home and just being able to rest their shoulders. Um, 
And so I really like what Mindy Kaling says. She says, why not me? Yeah. Uh, why shouldn't I be that person to yeah. do that? Um, so, yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I <laughs> um, do want to just note, there's some really great questions coming out. Um, we will. Oh, yeah. Thanks, everybody. Keep putting them in the chat. I, I do want to. Um, Emily, I'm curious if you'd be willing to share mm -hmm. a little glimpse into what you do. I know that we have um, a PDF uh, to kind of follow through. Is now a good time for you, Emmy? Yes, so, it's, it's the creative offering. Great, great. <laughs> yes. Let's see. So what I put together here, the number one question that I get from people most often is, about their clothes and about how to declutter clothes and especially items that might be sentimental. And I'll get to that in one second. Um, and so a personal stylist and I actually put this PDF together. Um, her name's Serena Johnson. I highly recommend looking her up on Instagram. Her shop is so cute. And she also puts together brand kits um, for female identified entrepreneurs and she's amazing. Um, so she helped me put this together. Um, if you could scroll down, please, the steps you need for an organized closet. Um, and so this is just kind of a broad overview. And in one second, I will walk through um, what I do with my clients on how to decide what to get rid of and what to keep. Um, but right now, just kind of if you're looking to really fine tune your closet, if you're like, Emily, I'm happy with what I have, but it could be leveled up a little bit. This is what I would do. Um, velvet hangers, number one. Um, they are absolutely amazing. They save your clothes. You don't get those weird horns on your shoulders. Oh, and they're really, yeah. <laughs> and they're really thin. And so you can fit more clothes in your closet. Um, for a long time, I did the big, thick, chunky plastic hangers. Um, and the velvet ones, they are really worth an investment. Worth the investment. Um, and they just look really pretty and boutique-y. Um, and I feel like if your closet is aesthetically pleasing, that when you wake up in the morning, you can kind of really envision what you want your aesthetic to be. And I'll get to that in a second. Um, so two is to color coordinate. And now this is if you want to be super, super um, type A about your closet. But it really does help because some some days you do just kind of feel like wearing a color. Um like if you're going to be on camera, you know, I like to wear blue when I'm on camera um, or, you know, sometimes you need a solid color, different things like that. Um, and so how I have my closet organized is by color, white, black, red, yellow. Um, I know the home edit, they're all about the rainbow. You can do that. Um, and then within each coordinated color, it goes tank tops, short sleeves, blouses, long sleeve sweaters. Um, and so that's really just by season and it does not take long to put an outfit together, um, whether I'm going to be organizing that day or if I'm showing houses or if I'm, um, you know, no matter what I'm doing, it doesn't take long to put an outfit together because of the way it's coordinated. And that actually leads me to number three, organized by category. Um, am I talking too fast? I think you're doing great. Okay. If anybody, if anybody in the chat feels differently, let us know. But I'm, I'm, I'm wrapped. Um, 
I just, I get really excited about talking about organization. Um, oh, and I am a little bit nervous. And so I feel like I'm just like, ah, here's what I have. <laughs> There's a, a comment in the chat from Scramcy, I color code and organize by type clothing as well. So that's very cool. Yay! That so awesome. You are one step there, or you might be oh. all the way there. Yeah. Um, oh, and Randall Randy says, great pace for me. Interesting topic. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate that it. That makes me so happy. Okay. Good. Yeah. I feel like I really fast. So to organize by category, um, and it just really helps, um, like when, especially when the weather is changing, to be able to put your thinner layers on the bottom um, and chunkier layers on the top. And here in Tennessee, it's super cold in the morning and really warm in the afternoon, and so it's easy just to be able to you know, layer down or whatever you need to do. Um, and so when you have your closet organized, it helps you just to really plan for your day. And to me, you kind of feel like you're winning before you even walk out the door. Um, when you have it organized by category, um, if you want to scroll down. Thanks, network. <laughs> Thank you, network. <laughs> um, yes. So one thing I really love doing and I value doing is having a donation basket in your closet. Um, and then when it gets full, take it to wherever you take donations. Or if you have a friend um, who, one thing I love doing is if I have an item of clothing that reminds me of someone snapping a picture and saying, Hey, do you want this sweater? It just, it spoke to me and I thought you would like it. Um, and usually they're like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. Um, but keeping a donation bin or bag or basket or something in your closet. And that way, if you try something on and it just doesn't feel good, um, if you, or it doesn't fit where you are in your life, you can just put it in there and know that someone else is going to get some use out of it. Um, I know for me around here, I take donations to Habitat for Humanity and then to the women's shelter. Um, and so having someone else in mind when I think, you know what, I have eight of these T-shirts from Target. I probably really only need three um, and passing them on. And truthfully, having that in the back of your mind makes you make smarter purchases in the future. Um, so you're not consuming as much and you're not spending as much money and therefore you're not bringing as much in that you need to later purge. And so it's, it's really interesting how it all works. Um, and fifth, the fifth little tip uh, to seasonally edit your closet. If you get to the end of summer and you have several pieces that you thought you loved, that you thought you would wear all the time that you didn't, maybe it's time to reconsider um, and to pass them on to someone. Um, and so just to kind of in rear view, check what you didn't use, what you didn't wear, um, what doesn't really fit into your aesthetic anymore, um, that you thought you did. Like if you're working from home and you have a closet full of blazers that you likely won't need, maybe getting rid of those, um, or passing them on to someone who is, out looking for a different type of job um, or giving them to a friend who does a lot of Zoom meetings and needs to you know, throw a cute blazer on. Um, and when the seasons change, to me, it's just kind of a really good marker um, to refresh, to edit, to kind of go into the next season um, a little bit lighter. And so that is a good segue into the five-ish tips that I have um, when I am close, 
coaching a client um, on what to get rid of. And so I call this list the purge or not to purge. And I actually just put it on my Instagram today so that it would be fresh at the top. Um, and so the first question that I ask is, have I worn this in the last year? Um, if you haven't, now sometimes there are special occasion clothes. There are things that you only wear certain times of the year, different things like that. There are, of course, exceptions to the rule. But if you haven't worn it in the last year, it's likely that you won't. Um, so the second is, would I buy this again? If the answer is no, you've probably changed in your life and you likely won't wear it again. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes you will come across something and you're like, oh my gosh, no, I, I bought this and just didn't even think about it. So you can kind of put it to the front and um, make it a point to wear that. Um, I've done that and sometimes I wear the thing and sometimes months go by and it's like, okay, it's time to pass this on. I guess it doesn't speak to me, especially if there's something else that um, you gravitate more towards. Um, so the third question is, does it still fit? If it doesn't fit, if it doesn't feel good on your body, you don't want to wear it. Oh, hey. Thanks, oh network. <laughs> That's my Instagram <laughs> um, is so does it still fit if it's tight and pinching your body that don't, won't likely won't make you feel good. So you either won't wear the piece of clothing or sometimes if I wear something that just doesn't fit, I don't feel good that day and you're kind of pulling and tugging and fixing and it just, it's not cozy. Um, or if something is baggy, um, in all the wrong spots, you you don't always necessarily feel put together, especially if you're doing something that you do need to be put together for. Um, four, is it worn, torn, or stained? Um, I know I am in a season of my life where most of my clothes have stains on them. Um, and so it's just, or if you have pit stains on an item, um, you likely won't grab it and wear it. If it's something that is really worn um, or has is pilly, is torn. Um, and unless, I mean, of course, we all have clothes that we wear around the house when we're cleaning or when we're just rela relaxing, um, when it's a Netflix night or something. Those are, those are a different drawer. Um, and so if something just looks ratty um, and it's not meant to be, then probably consider passing it on uh, or throwing it away, especially if you can buy a new one and replace it or if you have something similar already that you like just as well. And so number five is a really interesting one that I really enjoy. And I think especially as you get older, as you change seasons in your life, as you grow, um, does this fit into my aesthetic? Um, or as David Rose from Schitt's Creek would say, your brand. <laughs> um, because I really love that. Uh, like, what do you want your brand to be? Um, if you have Pinterest, pinned on Pinterest, like a lot of beautiful florally dresses and really loud prints and things like that, but yet your wardrobe is mostly black and white, or is that your aesthetic? is what's the, what's the disconnect there? Um, if like the example I used earlier, if you're working from home and you wear mostly leggings and a t-shirt all day, and yet you have a lot of blazers that you haven't worn since like 2001, 
you could probably get rid of those. Um, they might not be where you are in your life um, or your current aesthetic. And so um, it's really about, and this is where I loved working with uh, the personal stylist, Serena, is really just figuring out what is your brand and also what is flattering on your body and what, um, what makes you feel good and beautiful. And um, if you have like a lot of um, baggier clothes that need to be tailored, if you have a lot of tighter clothes that maybe need to be brought out, um, whatever it may be. And so just kind of thinking about how you want to look, and I'm not saying appearances are everything, but I think when our closets especially don't match up with who we feel we are and how we feel good, that it makes us unhappy and it can definitely lead to poor mental health and, um, different things. And I mean, like even my husband, Cameron, he's, very much so like a jeans and button down kind of guy. Um, and he, his closet wasn't really reflecting that. And there wasn't a lot of variety and he just didn't feel good in his clothes. And so we sorted through um, and figured out what he could wear, what fit, maybe set aside a couple pieces for um, like his ideal aesthetic and where he wants to be. And so I feel like these guidelines really fit anyone, no matter where you are in life, whether you're single, you have kids, um, younger, older, no matter what. Um, they're just really good things to keep kind of in the back of your mind when you're getting ready. Or um, if you think, you know what, we're approaching winter, it might be time to to edit the old closet. Um, yeah. That was so amazing, Emily. Thank you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I have two things I love about that that stick out to me anyway. And if you all have questions, please put them in the mm -hmm. chat. We're about to get to them. But the um, uh, one is that I love that it's a habit that like you suggest, like always keep a box in your closet mm -hmm. um, or at the end of each season check in. Because I think for a long time I tried to do this like just in bulk <laughs> and it was very overwhelming <laughs> and, uh, and like a lot of stress. Um, yep. It, but yeah, is that something that you've cultivated over time? You're like habit, like just mm -hmm. make it so that it's like a constant. It is. Um, and my biggest thing is, yes, obviously I love what I do and helping people get organized and so much can be done in these big, huge chunks of time. But what I have found is taking little habits or even just taking a few minutes a day and putting things in order will save you from having to devote like a whole day off to, um, you know, getting X, Y, or Z organized. And it really just takes a lot of stress off. Um, I have what I call like 15 minute projects or um, just being really intentional and habitual about like keeping clothes that you don't like out of your closet um, and passing them on to somebody else. Um, and the biggest thing, I would say the biggest tip that I have, and it's something that I even repeat to myself 400 times a day is put it away. Don't put it down mm. or don't put it down, put it away. Um, because that will save you so much time in the long run. And, and especially if you tend to be a little more, um, I don't want to say type A, but if you, if your environment is really important to you, your home is really important to you, keeping it tidy, 
Um, like when you come in with the mail, if it's junk, go right to the recycling bin, go right to the mail or the, the trash bin or the recycling bin and don't just set it down because then after a week of just setting it down, you have a mountain of mail that yeah. you have nothing to, that doesn't offer you anything. Um, and so really just cultivating really small habits. It doesn't have to be a huge lifestyle change right away, but little habits that eventually do create a lifestyle change. It's, and it's amazing how it affects everything and how your mind starts to work and where you can tighten up things. Um, yeah. It's cool. Thanks. Emily. Yeah. This is, thank you for sharing this PDF with us. This is really yeah. generous and awesome. Um, and the, uh, what was the, the name of the Instagram stylist that you mentioned again? She was actually on the next page there. Oh, great. Amy Johnson. Um, and there is her handle. Great. Um, she has helped me with my personal brand um, in editing my own closet. Um, yeah, she's incredible. Cool. Yes, I'll put her, I'll put both of your Instagram because I follow Emily on Instagram and it's super helpful. Like she oh. posts really relevant, lovely posts. Um, but then I'll... Uh, I'll put both of them in the show, no show notes and network if it's possible to add mm -hmm. Serena's handle to the chat, mm -hmm. um, if that's easy. Um, yeah, great. Thank you, Emmy. Um, yeah. I do want to get into some of the questions. I know we had, we had a couple really good ones. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Uh, doo -doo -doo. Oh, yeah, so many good ones. Um, let's see. There's one from, uh, yep, perfect. Thank you, network. You read my mind. <laughs> Uh, for Rando Randy 54, mm -hmm. have you ever had an organizing challenge, a client or in your own life that felt nearly impossible at the start? How did you get started slash manage working or getting through it? Mm, I do. So, um, in my own personal life, um, if you are a fan of friends, um, I am definitely a more of a Monica type, which will be startling for most of you. Um, and she had a closet of shame that was very cluttered. Well, I have a whole garage of shame. Um, my, we moved, our first house was 925 square feet and it was amazing because it was so easy to keep clean and organized. And then we moved into a house that was quite a bit bigger that had four garages, a four car garage. Um, part of it is a workshop and then part of it is a garage. Um, and so we had one, a lot of people who suddenly needed a place to store their stuff. And two, we suddenly just accumulated so much stuff that we weren't expecting. Um, and it's been really overwhelming. Like for a while, we didn't even look at the garage, like we parked in the driveway, don't even look at it. Don't, don't think about it. It's not there. We'll just lock it up and it won't exist. But um, we've slowly been going through it. And truthfully, overcoming that challenge is just by taking a step at a time with it. Um, trying to see the trees and not the whole forest. Um, I like to remind myself and my clients as well that it's all about progress, not perfection. Um I use the same steps that I use with clients as I use in my own life. Um, and that's prioritize um, and then just kind of slowly take it one step at a time. And so our garage has gotten a lot more manageable. Um, we have furniture out there right now. And so um, it's not perfect, but 
in like t scheduling time, I would say, um, to do it, prioritize. And then, I mean, just really biting the bullet and getting in there and doing it, um, has been the most helpful. Um, I hope Rando, Randy, I hope that answers your question. Um, if you have any follow-up questions or if I kind of rambled on, just let me know. Um, but yeah. The, um, I'm curious, Emmy, too, if you think it'd be appropriate to share the time that you helped someone who is in, in a hoarding type situation, mm -hmm. just because I think you were so respectful and and lovely throughout that. I, is that something you feel comfortable sharing or is that? Absolutely. Um, so I've worked too? with yeah. several hoarders um, and they have been self-proclaimed hoarders. Um, and so what I do is I ask them first what their priorities are, what rooms they want to tackle first. Um, one, for example, um, she wanted her kitchen and her bedroom back. Um, and so it was a matter of going in there and literally starting, like say, standing in the doorway, we will start with this box to the right and we will work our way around. Um, if the floor was really cluttered, starting on the floor first so that we at least have a safe space to walk and we aren't walking over boxes. And so it's not um, complicated. It's not a super sexy formula by any means, but just literally picking up boxes or the stack of stuff or the bag or whatever it is um, and just going through it. Um, I have had some clients who are very, very sentimental and need to explain every item that's in there. That's fine. Uh, whatever helps you through the process. And I've, I've had some who are like, look in the box. Nope, done. Throw it away. Done. I'm done with it. And so it's like, okay, great. And I take it out. And so just taking little steps at a time, literally taking a box or a stack of magazines or a bag, whatever it may be, you slowly will get there. Um, and now in those more extreme types of situations, you do really need bigger chunks of time to get through things. Um, 15 minutes a day will take you forever, but um, it's amazing that, you know, in four hours on a Saturday, we were able to clear out an entire kitchen worth of stuff, a kitchen that this client hadn't been able to cook in or use um, in almost a year and a half. Um, and so um, it was an amazing transformation just to be able to do that because she had gotten a lot of takeout food and it was affecting her health. And then she had texted me the next day and was like, I just cooked a meal for the first time in my kitchen and oh. for the first time in 18 months. And she said, I didn't think I would be able to be here. Um, and so it's, yeah, just taking little, little goals at a time and looking back and seeing your progress. I love taking before and after pictures, not necessarily to post on social media, but just to show someone like, look at what you did. You did this you should be so proud of what you did. Um, and I've had some who are like, I feel like I've lost a hundred pounds just, just in going through these three boxes. So um, yeah, just take it a little step at a time. You are the judge of your own priorities and what you want and need. Um, and just really, really honoring that, whether you do need to sit 
and go through each item and be very sentimental about it. Or if you're like, nope, I'm done. I'm ready to ready to move on. Um, or if there's somewhere in between. So, man, that was so good. I mean, thank uh, you. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw too, but um, they uh, Rando Randy 54 said, thank you. So uh, you're very welcome. Yeah. Um, so uh, next question is from AWS Creativity for the Q&A. I am struggling with time management. Mm -hmm. Could you touch on how you organize your self-care, relationship care, work, mm -hmm. and friends? What a great question. Yeah. Wow, that's, Thanks, that's everybody, for these. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would say, well, one, time management, I feel like, is something everyone struggles with, especially yeah. almost with each season of life. It changes. Um, and so I do make what makes me feel good a priority. Um, and that is taking time in the morning, um, not waking up necessarily super early, but just taking time in the morning to sit and think about, right. I write out what I'm grateful for. I write out what I'm proud of from the day before. Um, I write down five things that I'm grateful for, uh, that happened specifically in the last 24 hours. Um, I write down, what I'm proud of from the day before, whether that was I sat and put my feet up and just rested, or I totally kicked ass and got 400,000 things done, or I got these two really big rocks off my neck um, and I got that done. And then I write out what I'm going to do for self-care that day. Because um, I think sometimes we think it needs to be like a big, huge, oh, I'm gonna have a whole day at the spa or something like that. No. I'm, I'm going to take a nap today. I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to um, play in the mud with my son. Um, I'm going to treat myself to a really good meal. Um, whatever that looks like for you in that day um, and really making it a priority. Um, I'm at a spot in my life where as sad as it is, showering and washing my hair is self-care. <laughs> That's not sad. That's hygiene is self-care. Um, and I write that down and I'm, I've been really intentional about doing one, at least bare minimum, one self-care thing a day. Um, and so let's see how to, how to organize relationship care, work and friends. Um, I am a firm believer in the hierarchy, God, family, business. So my business is third. Yes, I love it. It is like my other child. It is something I'm so proud of. But if I don't nurture my relationship with God, and if I don't nurture my relationship with family and friends, I'll go ahead and throw them in there. Then I don't feel good. I feel disconnected and really jumbled um, from things. And I then it like turns into a big thing. And I mean, truthfully, like, Katie called me the other day and I was like, I have been such a bad friend about, about, you know, reaching out. Um, and it was just so good to hear from her just spur of the moment. And so that was an eye opener for me that I also need to bring friends up and I need to even schedule time with friends. Um, and it doesn't have to be a three hour brunch or, you know, a really long zoom call or anything, but just a quick 20 minute, Hey, how are you? Like, I haven't talked to you in so long. Um, and especially if you are married or in a relationship, um, have a partner, whatever that looks like for you, taking time to really connect with that person. Um, 
like look them right in their eyes every single day. Um, I make sure and look in my son's eyes every day, almost like to the point where it might be creepy. contact. And the same thing to my husband, just, you know, put the phones down, put the screens away. That that's not where life is. That's not what's important. And that's not what's going to nurture you. Um, and with my son, I'm sure to like touch his face. And I read something about also touching feet, touching kids feet. Um, so I'm really intentional about doing that and um, not being on my phone or not being on a screen when I'm with him. And it's amazing how it, it fills you up too. Um, when you are taking care of yourself and not just in a shallow way, but whatever, like you really need, um, taking care of yourself, taking care of your friends, taking care of your family. Um, and just trying to do a little bit every day. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a huge mountaintop. I have gone seasons, I'm probably just coming out of a season, like I said, where I've been not a great friend, um, but just kind of opening my eyes back up to that and saying, oh, I need to tune back in um, and really just be a better friend and schedule more intentional time with friends and don't be afraid to pick up the phone and text or call or even just say, hey, I'm thinking about you today. You're on my mind and I love you like crazy. Um, and then work comes third. Um, because for me, if I, if I don't have good relationships, then who am I working for? Um, and so then working and for me, it's really, it's really, really, I know I feel like a broken record, but it's really about prioritizing like the big rocks that need to be done that day in terms of work, um, and scheduling, scheduling out the rest. Um, I am a huge fan of scheduling, if you can't tell. Um, I use Google Calendar. I also have just a regular paper planner that I love that I can put the minutia of, you know, what I need to get done that week, you know, like go to the post office, order groceries, whatever. Um, but it's helpful just to at a glance, look and see what needs to be done, what can be moved, what can be taken off the list. Um, so other bigger, more important things can be, can be added. So I hope that helped. That was good. I, I have three follow-up questions. I'm yeah. be selfish and veer away from the chat for a second, but we will be back to the chat. Y'all, there's so many good questions. I'm really excited oh. about them. But um, one is like, I think, so when you're talking about journaling and scheduling, mm -hmm. I'm curious, because I, I struggle also uh, AWS creativity with, uh, with time management. Um, and I do something similar and I'd love your thoughts on like, mm -hmm. if, if you have any ways to like fine tune it or make it better. Mm -hmm. Um, I always have a master list of things that I'm going to get done because otherwise I literally will forget all of them. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a huge reason why I have time management issues. And then I, I have to handwrite this for some reason I have to handwrite. Otherwise mm -hmm. it doesn't stick in my brain. I do the same thing as you, you taught me this, how to, um, write down my list of things that I want to get done for the day and then checking them off and then having the list of uh, mental health uh, um, mm -hmm. things that I'm going to do for myself and also how much water I'm going to drink. Um, mm -hmm. There's a, there's a free template a, a friend of mine has online too. I don't know if you have any templates or anything mm -hmm. like that, that you recommend too. I would love to know those, but like, yeah. does that feel like a good system too? Or you're like, there's ways I would tweak that or like ways that you could, you mm -hmm. could yeah. schedule better. <laughs> 
I, I have actually done something similar all my life as to, you know, the huge, I call it the brain dump and then finding, um, the, like the top things to do. And what I've actually been doing recently that has really been a breath of fresh air is putting, writing down like my five must do's that day. And then next to it, writing optional. Five. If I feel like getting to this, if I have time, if I'm, if I busted through the first, um, and so like, for example, today was, um, what did I write down? I can't even remember. Um, I had an, or <laughs> I had an organizing appointment, um, time with my son, um, writing out our budget for November three huge, big must do's for the day. Optional couple people I had to call. It wasn't really life or death. wasn't urgent. Um, and then I have just a list of like a few little reminders, um, like take that back to target, do this, do that. Um, and so, and again, that can be whatever you want. And so having, but focusing on those big priorities takes the pressure off that whole daunting list. Because for me, I would look at that list and be like, I only got one thing done. I didn't do anything today. But when it's divided up into priorities, you're like, I've knocked out my priority today. I'm done. And I don't feel like doing anything else. <laughs> um, and so that's been, that's really been eye-opening for me and it's made me more productive, but it's also made me really appreciate downtime and self-care and made me feel more in control of my list uh, to be like, I don't need to, I don't need to get this done today. Um, or truthfully, I could probably go ahead and just take it off. Yeah. And all that doesn't need to be done. Thanks. And yeah, and I mean, if you have any of those uh, templates or like journal examples that you mm -hmm. like, or even links to your Instagram, let me know. And I'll put those in the show notes. Uh, yeah. And, uh, and actually that template that I have been using, um, it's not anything I've shared. It's just a word doc that I made, but I will happily share it with. Yeah. That would be Thank you. Um, and if it's a word doc, you can, you know, tailor it to whatever works for you. Um, whatever you like so cool thanks i mean that's really generous yeah i uh so that'll be on um the anchor website so you'll see uh the anchor website is where the audio version of this podcast is and that's mm -hmm. where we keep the show notes to those listening so if you would oh. be interested in that um and then the second is i think you're an incredible friend um just to mm -hmm. note that like i am um, like everything goes in seasons and mm -hmm. You have two businesses, a two-year-old, and uh, and one on the way. I think you've been killing it in terms of friendship yeah. as well. So just to name that. I appreciate uh, that. I really do. Yeah. I think you're a uh, great friend. Thanks. <laughs> um, and then the other one I wanted to ask is I know that you've mentioned, like, your faith is a major source for your mm -hmm. mental health. And because, um, because that's not something... I use for my mental health and I'm not involved in like the world of religion mm -hmm. as much anymore. I think it's kind of a huge blind spot I have as a host. Cause a mm -hmm. lot of people, I think, um, you know, uh, use religion, the community, there, mm -hmm. um, habits there or exercises within that realm mm -hmm. to help their mental health is, is there anything you'd like to share just to speak to that or. Yeah. Um, so for me, I, I grew up in a religious home. I grew up Catholic, but it never really meant anything to me. Um, and it really wasn't until I had my son when I was just in my deepest, darkest, most broken moments, um, that I was desperate 
um, for something, for hope, for something to believe in. Um, And I slowly just started digging into the word of God and not necessarily focusing on like the organized religion aspect of it. Um, But, and especially um, it's hard. I feel like this day and age to know what's true and what to believe in. Um, And for me, I go back to the Bible and what, what does God say? What, what is God saying? And for me um, being, um, knowing that I don't have to be in control has helped me immensely. Um, And uh, truthfully, I feel like we get caught up on a lot of labels and stuff and um, seeing what Jesus says about love and just loving one another and do not be afraid over and over again in the Bible. It says, love one another and do not be afraid. Um, That helped me to really cut through a lot of the crap that I felt like I had um, a lot of the labels that I felt like I was focusing on for the wrong reasons and just really loving people and listening to what God was telling me um, about motherhood, about who I am um, and about becoming a professional organizer and realtor and um, just really tuning into that. Um, and for me, um, just slowly working through the Bible, um, has been different because that's something I've never really done before. Um, I don't necessarily think it's about, you know, just who can memorize the best scripture, who can, you know, quote the most, who can do this or that. Um, it's really just about being totally open and dependent on for me, what God is saying. Um, and, um, oh gosh, oh, I, was, I had a thought and then I totally lost it. <laughs> I loved it. No, thank you. This is really generous. Cause I, I do think our culture is super binary and how mm-hmm. it views things. It's like something is inherently good or something mm-hmm. is inherently bad. Um, what you're speaking about too, have you ever heard of, um, you probably did in Catholic school, but the Lecto Divina, when you like, you open and then you point to a verse and you see how it speaks to you. Mm. Um, but there's a podcast that does this with Harry Potter too. <laughs> like you open it up and you're like, what does this sentence mean to me? Um, I'll put that in the show notes too. But uh, but I, I think it's so generous of you to share like these tools mm. that you use and like, especially how it pulled you out of your postpartum depression. And that's really that's amazing. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, oh, good. That's what I was going to say. Um, so for me, it was about... I truthfully found my confidence in, in God, in my, in my belief in God, um, because he named, they say he named every hair on your head before you were born. Um, and for me, it's knowing that no matter what, no matter what any human says about me, I am loved. I, I was died for, I was thought of and planned for and wanted by God. And so, um, that's something that has really helped me. Um, and then just always going back to the word because yes, life is really, things don't fit into, and this is so ironic for a professional organizer to say, things don't always just fit into a box. Most things don't just fit into a box. And so, um, 
leaning on what I know to be true. And I know to just love people and love them exactly where they are um, and not get caught up on, on, um, on other uh, like opinions and things like that. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would be interested to hear that podcast about the Harry Potter one, though. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I'll add, it to the, I'll add it to the list. No, thank you, Emily. That's super generous of you. And like, mm-hmm. thank you for being vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Um, the uh, uh, This next question is kind of fun and actually kind of ties into this uh, in, a, in a very in a vague way, I guess. But it's from Skramsky. Uh, says, this is kind of a silly question, but mm-hmm. have you taken the Enneagram personality test? I also really enjoyed organizing, enjoy organizing, and I'm a type one and was curious if you had any thoughts on it. And tell me if I'm wrong on this. I could be, I could be bastardizing this, but the, um, the Enneagram, I think, was started by monks and the yeah. Catholic tradition. And then there was another version that was created by, um, uh, by I think, a, a psychoanalyst. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, now I had two merges, two, two variations mm-hmm. here, or maybe there's one that's both. I don't know. But, uh, but have you taken it? And are you... I love this question because I am a nerd about the Enneagram. I love it so much. I am one as well. Um, I am (laughs) nine. um, And for those that don't know, the Enneagram type one is they're known as the perfectionist um, or the, the, I forget what the other one is. Um, But yes, so the Enneagram was started by like church elders way hundreds of years ago. And it was kept a secret for so long. Um, And then I think in the seventies, psychologists got a hold of it and the church, I guess, let go some of the reins of it. And they started to use it for like business development um, and leaders and things like that. And now it's almost like a common, a common word. Um, What I love about the Enneagram so much is where other personality tests like Myers-Briggs and the DISC assessment. And thank you, network. (laughs) Network so much. Um, they, those are how the world sees you, but the Enneagram is all about how you see the world. And truthfully, I have never felt more known and seen and kind of ashamed at some points as when I read uh, The Road Back to You by Ian Morgan Cron, I think is his name, um, and read the chapter on ones. Um, it's just so fascinating. And um, knowing the Enneagram and kind of walking some of the people closest in my life through it has helped me to know them better and to know um, how to work with them and um, just different things like that. I love that. I love that question, Skramsky. Yeah. Um, well, and I know too, so is that book specifically about Enneagram type semi, the one that you just It is. It oh. is. Um, and it is from a religious perspective. Um, or from a faith-based perspective, I should say. Um, but it's really good. It's it's worth a read. Um, and it's it kind of just outlines. It doesn't, it's not biased. You know, there is no one good type. There is no one bad type. Everyone has the good, the bad, the ugly within them. Um, but that book really just lays out like an in-depth profile of you know, who, what, why, how, um, and then the, the wings and also like where you go to in stress and where you go to insecurity, um, which is what these arrows are. Um, and the book is organized by the triads, which is the gut, the head and the heart. 
um, it's just, it's really, really interesting. Um, and I mean, I cried through the whole chapter about once. <laughs> I, what about it made you cry? It was one, I, the biggest identifier for a one is how everything is black and white and the inner critic. And I had never realized that not everybody had like an Olympic panel of judges constantly telling them that they were either amazing or failing miserably um, in their heads. And so it was just, it made me proud, uh, but it also made me um, to kind of be on the lookout for some of the unhealthy behavior that I had, like very harshly judging people um, and kind of not making other people perform, but um, just being very um, not loving towards people um, because I felt they were doing wrong um, and just different things like that. And so it's just, it's really, it's really eye-opening. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I, I have also taken the Enneagram test. I'm a fan. Uh, Scramps, if you have any thoughts too that you want to share on it, please feel free. No pressure. But yeah. Um, the uh, yeah, I uh, I'm a I was I think I was a I was a four with a really strong three wing and a really strong I think seven wing. But um, but I but yeah, that's why I love personality tests as much the same as like what you're talking about is like it helps us get to know ourselves better. Mm-hmm. And like be more aware and same with the people we love. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, I do want to just put it out there too, because I know some people and I'm, I mean, I don't know if this is your story or not, but there's a million different variations of the Enneagram. So mm-hmm. if you're like listening to this and you're like, oh, I want to take the Enneagram. Uh, yeah. yeah. You can have like a professional Enneagram person give you the test and then mm-hmm. they like, you can actually be like assessed for it. And, uh, and it, it can be almost spiritual. And then you can also take the online test that I took. <laughs> And just be like, oh, this is helpful in the moment. And like, uh, uh, and it gives me some ideas as to like my strengths and weaknesses or the people I love. Mm-hmm. Does that sound on point to you too, Emmy? Or am I missing anything? No, that? that that's exactly right. Um, I took an online test. It was kind of a lengthy one. And then I read the book um, and it just kind of reinforced that. Um, I think if you do either, it just being really like knowing like what your first what your first instinct response is. Um, Cause I think we sometimes tend to overthink things and overanalyze them, but whatever your first reaction is um, to do that. And I mean, of course, if you, if you mistype yourself or anything like that, it's not the end of the world. Um, it's, but it's just really cool to see um, how other people be like, Oh yeah, that's totally them. And it's hard not to be like, Oh, well, they're definitely a four. You know, <laughs> Um, I love the, as Scramsey mentioned a comment, it's awesome hearing from someone else that's a type one and finding so many commonalities in the internal experience, despite our very different lives. That's very cool. Yeah. That is awesome. And yeah, that's one thing that I especially love about the Enneagram, um, is, you know, we're, we're all not so different after all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, um, this is cool. There's so many good things. Um, Mm. I did. This isn't technically a question to us, but I think it's a really good one. Uh, and we didn't really start with this, but it's um, from AWS Creativity. Uh, they said it started with thanks for the shout out. But I'm doing decent. Thanks for asking. But how's everyone else doing today? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm curious, I mean, I didn't even ask you, like, how are you doing today? And if anybody in the chat feels like sharing how they're doing, it's okay if it's shitty, it's okay if it's mm-hmm. if it's great, you know? But if anybody feels like sharing, feel free. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, if, if you feel like sharing, no pressure on me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, today was um, oh, kind of an off day. I kind of felt like I woke up and my brain wasn't in my head and um, like I felt drunk all day. Yeah. But not in a good way, and I'm I'm not drunk. I was not drunk, <laughs> uh, but I just kind of felt that way, and like I I couldn't really find my rhythm today. I couldn't really find my find my groove today, and so I kind of felt like all day I've just been slogging through a slogging through a swamp or something. Um, but yeah, this this has helped. It really has. Um, what about you, Katie? How are you today? Yeah, I'm good. I um. I had a kind of chill day where I, it was it was supposed to be a self care day, and I ended up watching TV for a little bit more than I think I would have would have felt maybe supportive. But I ended up going on a walk that was really good and doing some yoga before this. Just and uh, I feel the same. Talking to you really helps, or even going back to Scramsey's comment of just like it's so nice to like realize that we're not alone, or even just like going back to like what helps us with so many things with mm-hmm. mental health and creativity is like. I, uh, and I feel like I'm learning, which is huge, like when I'm in the low slumps, uh, you know, that's the technical word for it, but the, um, uh, yeah, slower morning too. I also don't know about y'all. Well, your body's also pumping like a, a lot of extra blood right now. I mean, you, you're creating a human being. <laughs> that's, that's pretty incredible. Um, but yeah, whenever, if you're in Chicago, it, it was really rainy today and that always really affects me deeply. Like it really can kick my depression into gear uh-huh. sometimes. So that, that was definitely the morning, but this is really helping. Yeah. Thank you for the question. See, did anybody else? Oh, this is Skramsky said, uh, doing okay. The time change and seasonal change of weather. Ah, oh, we are in the same page, uh, has been messing with me a bit, but today was a beautiful sunny day and I enjoyed it. Oh, thanks for asking. Very cool. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. Much appreciated. Thank you. Yeah. Um, also too, let's see, I wanted to go back. Um, here we go. It's Gramsci. Again, thank you so much for being so active in the chat. All of you. It's much appreciated. You, you make this such a, like a beautiful experience. So thanks everybody. Um, I've, uh, I've had a, I've had to clear out a few of my elderly family members' houses when they've passed, and that process was insane. It's crazy how much stuff you can accumulate after 70-plus years of living. Mm. Um, though it was because of these experiences that I learned that I love organizing slash cleaning. I have similar backgrounds, Gramsci. Yeah, like mm-hmm. a couple hoarders in my family and just people who, like you say, have lived a long time and mm. um, have accumulated. And now I've, I've gone almost to the polar opposite of minimalism. And I'm starting to kind of come back to the center again, but mm-hmm. it's like what Emily, I think you, you said it so well earlier and I can't remember the exact verbiage, but it's like, what, what do you need? Basically mm-hmm. like what, what are your priorities? Like, what do you need your space to feel like mm-hmm. to feel good? And uh, it's taken some time. Emily, does this speak to you in any way? Or are there any thoughts that you want to share on the topic? It does. Um, I feel I have a soft spot for the aging population. Um and especially um, the clients and even in my own life, um, those who have passed or who are downsizing into a nursing care facility, um, honoring what they have 
um, but still being practical about what you do need to get rid of is a really, really tough tightrope to walk um, because you do want to honor their lives, but also you don't want to have, you know, a garage full of, of stuff that isn't yours, that is just, you know, sitting there not being used or honored or anything. Um, and so, yeah, it is hard. And that's one thing that I love. Um, one of the hoarders that I worked with, she had, um, her dad and her sister had both passed away in a very short amount of time. And so she had two houses full of stuff in her house. Um, and just walking with her through the stuff, um, you know, and just being there, um, and helping her to kind of rationalize what to keep, what to donate, what can be sold, um, and what can be passed on to other family members. It's, it's hard. It's really hard, but it is fun in its own way. Um, and just reminiscing and seeing old family pictures and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's amazing. Scramsky. I love that. Yeah. Um, oh, Rando Randy 54 has a uh, posted question. So what's something you do for self care outside of organizing? Mm -hmm. Like when you find yourself too exhausted or not in the mood to even think about organizing, mm -hmm. love that question. And mm -hmm. They also said, um, thanks for sharing how you're doing. I appreciate all the stories everyone has been sharing mm -hmm. here. Yeah, me too. What a great, what a great comment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I love reading. Actually. Ooh, yeah. I really love reading. Um, and I have just recently gotten into fiction. I usually just read nonfiction, um, like business books and just parenting books and just I, I mean, I just really love biographies. Um but yes, I've gotten really into historical fiction. <laughs> Ooh, cool. <laughs> um, it just, it takes you to a different place. And I actually heard um, someone say the other day, it helps grow the empathy part of your brain um, and helps grow your imagination and your creativity when you read fiction. Um, and so I'm reading a book right now called Night Music. Um, and it's, it was for a part of a book club. So a friend had recommended it. Um, and it's really good. I love books about female spies in World War II. Um, I think they're incredible. Um, some really good ones are The Nightingale and The Alice Network are two that I really recommend. Um, yeah, I love reading because it's really inexpensive. It requires almost nothing except you and a book and to sit um, in a cozy spot or sit in your car or sit outside, you know, just really wherever, um, recharges you. Um, I usually read before bed or sometimes if I have, if I'm just really done for the day, if my brain is done, um, just sitting wherever and reading and it's, it's just really nice. So oh, I love that. I'll add those books to the show notes. That's so good. Um, I feel the same about fiction. It's, uh, I've, I've also too, some days when, um, I don't think everybody's like this. I have something called Erlen syndrome where sometimes it's hard to read and I've really gotten into audio, but I love reading. Um, mm -hmm. Really gotten into audiobooks, And mm -hmm. some days that's true when my depression is really bad. And I'm like, I can't even like what, what I can't even read. Uh, mm -hmm. But then uh, the audiobooks for me, um, my partner's like, I don't know how you pay attention to audiobooks, but for me, the audiobooks are really helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and there's so many good narrations of fiction now, um, which is really cool. Yeah, I really love listening to um, autobiographies um, on audiobook. Uh, Betty White's is really good. <laughs> oh, I haven't listened to that one yet. I'll add that to my list. That's great. Yeah. She's really good. Of course, Dolly Parton, uh, hers was really good. She has a couple. And then um, actually Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, on Audible okay. is really, really good. And he, his voice is also just really entertaining. Um, but yeah, that's amazing. I love reading. And even going back and reading like books that I read when I was little, like Bridge to Terabithia and Where the Red Fern Grows. And um, Those are dark. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, and just different like that. It's it's fun. Um, and I'm reading to Remy uh, a series of unfortunate events, oh. which he's like, no, no. <laughs> but I'm just gonna keep saying that loud to him. Um, and so it's fun to just kind of go through those books. Cool. Thank you. That's so good. Um. Hal Skripsky uh, just started reading daily again after a long time of not. It's been such a great break from work and everything. And I forgot how calming and grounding it can be just to sit and read for even 30 minutes. Um, so true. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that's so interesting. I actually had a really long drought where I didn't read for fun whatsoever. I read like literally one or two books a year. Um, and it was, it's actually something that helped me after my son was born just to start reading again. Um, and I joined a book club, um, here in town, which has been really nice just to have a community of people who are so different, but we love to read. And it's so fun to see what books people pick out, you know, if they're going to read nonfiction or fiction or, um, so it's really cool just to get like a different mix of, mix of books. And even, um, you know, like if we were just able to meet on zoom or something just to talk about these books so it's, it's been really cool I love that how, how did you find your book club did you look did you look out for them or did you reach out or make it yourself or um no I had reached out I saw um it was just a local group I saw someone had posted a picture of Instagram like oh great night with book club um and I reached out and I said if you have room for one more I would oh. love to join um and they said, absolutely, that would be so much fun. Um, and we range in ages, professions, just everything, um, political, religious, everyone is absolutely on all sides of the spectrum. Um, and it's just, it's so much fun just to sit and share and be involved in each other's lives. Um, yeah, I just, I really love it. That's really cool. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think too, like one of my favorite things about creativity in general is like, is how story, like you said, can increase empathy or just like make us see a different perspective. Um, how cool that like you get to share these stories and then talk mm -hmm. about them together. That's really neat. Um, that kind of brings me into like uh, just your creativity on a day-to-day -day basis, if you feel mm -hmm. like talking about it. Like I know like highly creative in terms of how you organize, mm -hmm. in terms of how you spend time with your son. Mm -hmm. Are there any elements that you're like, you know, this is an actual, this is something I have in my, my day to day that is creative that we haven't got to touch on. Um, hmm. Yes. I feel like I am very creative in my routine and in my, <laughs> just the structure of my life. Um, oh, cool. How so? <laughs> um, which I know it sounds like such an oxymoron, but I feel like within the 
my priorities and my list and stuff, I get to be creative. Um, and just, I don't know, I'm very, um, efficient with my time. And so finding things to be creative, um, I don't know, like I'm creative in even how I market my business. I feel like I'm creative in how I reach out to clients. I always find um, a way to like what I call surprise and delight a client um, like with flowers or you just with something unexpected um, and more personal and human um, creative and just how I am able to serve people um, and serve my community creative in you know, thinking about different ways to do real estate. Um, mm-hmm. Right now I'm getting creative with maternity leave and what that's going to look like um, and getting really creative with my son and letting him make messes today. Um, I gave him a bunch of paint and put him in the bathtub and let him just put it <laughs> on the walls. Um, and it was, it was so much fun just to watch him, watch him create and, um, make a huge mess. And then I, I mean, it was washable paint. So I got it away and just being creative and watching him grow. Um, I really love baking and cooking food with him and, um, watching him do that. And so just really being, um, creative in how, how to not necessarily make everyday magical, but in just doing something, you know, that might be different just to kind of shake up the routine. Um, whether that's, you know, like I said, baking with my kid or, um, spontaneously giving back to someone or going to a restaurant that I haven't been to in a long time or, you know, whatever, whatever. I, like, I think that is magical. That's, you know, like the, the, the art of living. (laughs) It's pretty creative and pretty magical. That's cool. Um, I, I usually like to ask the guests, do you have any heroes that like Mm -hmm. either they, maybe they're mental health heroes or creative heroes Mm -hmm. or a combo or neither? (laughs) Does anybody come to mind? Yes. So, um, my hero and I have, I have, I should say, I have a lot of, you know, very personal heroes to me. Um, you know, of course I, my son and my husband and my friends and my family, I hold near and dear to my heart and have learned so much from them. Mm-hmm. But I would say like my number one aspirational hero, like the one person who I would truly be starstruck to meet would be Dolly Parton. <laughs> I totally relate. I think, um, I think she is amazing and an icon and, and just how she has been very true to herself. Um, no matter what, to me, she is just like the, the perfect, um, combination of down to earth and human, but also like there is something unhuman about her, like in her abilities and what she's able to do. And the fact that she's in her seventies and still like absolutely kicking butt. Um, I love her, uh, praise and worship music. I also love her regular songs. I love her Christmas album. Um, and just what she does, I think, just for human rights and for just everything. I look at her and I'm like, you are what I want to be. Um, and she, to me, has just stood the test of time. And my organizing bag actually says, what would Dolly do? Um, <laughs> and I had a client the other day. He was like, 
um, he was like, what would Dolly do? I was like, well, she's probably super organized in her life just to do everything that she does, like from the imagination library to what she does for the Appalachian community to, um, her work with the vaccine and just, I mean, everything, I feel like she's just an unstoppable force. Um, and every time I hear her, I'm like, how, how do you do this? Like, Oh, Dolly. Uh, yeah, she is a definite hero of mine. I have a, a painting of her on my office wall. So. That's amazing. I know. I feel the same way. Like to still be, in, uh, yeah. Like I, I don't even. There are no words. If you don't know anything about Dolly Parton, like I'm gonna put some stuff in the show notes, but also just like Google her because she's such yeah. a nuanced person. Um, who? Yeah, I just I think like sort of views the umbrella is really big for love mm -hmm. and like and like puts her time and money into loving people mm -hmm. and then also makes really beautiful music where she sounds like a siren yes. <laughs> does that feel on point to you Emmy? it really does yeah. um, like on one hand i feel like she's someone you could have at your dinner table um but also at the same time like she's just on a whole other level for for everything but i love what you said she is really just an umbrella for love. And, um, she just, I know friends, I have friends who work at Dollywood and they're like, she's amazing. <laughs> like she's just as amazing as you would think she is. Um, and just like her self-deprecating humor, but you can still tell she's really super confident. Um, cool. I guess just, she's such an anomaly. So she would definitely be a hero. Um, <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, Dollywood is on my bucket list. Um, I also just wanted to share, I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but AWS Creativity um, said, Emily, you're a beautiful human being inside and out. Mm -hmm. Thank you, AWS Creativity. I agree fully. Um, world to me. Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and I mean, so we're, we're broaching near the end of time. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that we haven't like talked about or any stories you want to share around mental health or creativity or anything that comes to mind? The biggest thing, um, the biggest lesson that I have learned in my journey with mental health and entrepreneurship and something I tell my clients and something I truthfully probably just need to get it tattooed like right here is progress, not perfection. Mm. Don't strive to do it all in one fell swoop. Don't strive to be perfect. Strive to just be half a percent better than you were the day before. Yeah. Just whatever that looks like for you, whether that is you need to take more time for yourself. You need to take more time with your friends. Even um, one priority could be to organize a silverware drawer or, you know, declutter your medicine cabinet, whatever that is. Um, I think at least for me, I think we get so caught up on like big grandiose plans that it can feel so overwhelming and crushing and intimidating, but just focusing on how can I be just a little bit better than I was yesterday? Um, whether that's reaching out to someone and being a little bit more human, um, making someone else feel seen and known, um, doing like for me doing a little bit better of a job at an organizing appointment. Like if I, if I feel like I really didn't show up well for that client, um, finding a way to over deliver and be a little bit better. Or if I was 
you know, grouchy or gripey with my son or my husband, um, how to just be a little bit better um, and just tiny little improvements every single day um, really, really add up to so much. And I think if you're in that mindset, then you're, you're leaps and bounds ahead of a lot of people. Oh, I want to get that tattooed. We'll have to meet right. up. Progress, not perfection. Mm -hmm. I love that. We yeah. Tattoos. Yeah. I'm in. <laughs> if anybody wants to join us. <laughs> no, I would genuinely love to get a tattoo. We'll really? talk about that later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. um, that's very cool. Um, and then how, so people can, can hire you to help them organize mm -hmm. even online. Yeah. So yeah. what are good ways for people to like, follow you or connect with you? What's the best, the best way? Yeah. So I am on Instagram, most of all, um, at Emily, the organizer. Um, I'm also on Facebook at the organizing realtor. Um, my website is livelyorganizing.com. My email is Emily at livelyorganizing.com. Um, I'm super easy to find, but yes, I do do virtual appointments as well. Um, if we're not in the same area, um, I have been known to travel to meet people. I really love uh, being shoulder to shoulder with people um, and helping them right there um, where they are. Um, and then of course, in person, um, I love as well. Um, and I've had just everything from, I've made like templates for people on how to organize their closet or specifically what to do. Um, I had, someone reached out to me on Instagram and they were like, I don't know how to organize this drawer. And I was like, Oh, here, just do this. Um, and it, like, it, that was totally free. Like I didn't charge for that whatsoever. Um, it was my pleasure to do it. And so, um, and then Sometimes. I've people be like, I need to get my whole life together. And I'm like, okay, well, we, we'll talk about that. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, it's just any little thing. Um, I really do believe that when, that everything is connected. And so like, if you get one thing in order, it just positively snowballs into kind of your whole, your whole life. So that's really inspiring. I am. Um, we do, we have a couple more minutes. I realized I didn't ask you where the name lively organizing came from. Like where did the name of your business come mm -hmm. from? Cause I, I love it. And thank you. Um, you know, I, when I was officially starting my business, I was brainstorming a lot of different names. Um, I wanted it to be something really easy that rolled off the tongue. Um, I kind of liked lovely. Um, and one was, excuse me, one I thought about doing was G-Y-S-T, get your shit together. <laughs> um, but I thought that I won. There was already a professional organizer somewhere in the country who did that too. I was like, well, that's not really like my brand I feel. And so lively, it just kind of, um, came popped into my head one day and, um, it made me think of, um, the Cole Porter song to lovely. Yeah. Um, and so I, and I just really liked it. And I could, the second I thought of lively organizing, like I could see the logo, I could see, um, like my social media, I could, it just all kind of came together and it truthfully, it just feels lively. And when people call and they say, Hey, is this Emily with lively organizing? I'll say, yes, it is. It just feels, oh. it doesn't feel heavy or judgmental. It just feels lively. I love that. The, uh, 
I like how it manifested too, because I think sometimes things do. It's like this just feels good. Like it feels yeah. right. And it's and that's like it does. It yeah. just feels good. Like it's not long. It's not super short. It's not. Um, yeah, it's um, it just fit, and I really enjoyed it. And um, I think just being able to like see everything just yeah. helped. So it's lively. It's life giving. That's it's that's what lively. you do. It's you give the life. <laughs> Um, I love that. Um, so I always close at the end with, and, and this can be something that you keep your camera on for or off. Um, but, oh, actually, before we do this housekeeping thing, I'm bad about it because we don't usually have housekeeping things, but the, uh, just, if you didn't hear it at the beginning and you are listening now, normally we would have another episode mm -hmm. on Thanksgiving, but because it's Thanksgiving, we're going to skip it. So I'll be feeling grateful for you, uh, from remote, but we won't be here. And then the next episode will be on December 2nd. So we'll, we'll be back mental health and creativity collide on December 2nd. Um, but, uh, oh, thank you. Thank you network for posting. Um, and just thank you network in general. And thank you everybody who put the amazing comments in the chat and for making this such a lovely night. And Emily, thank you for being just such a goddess and an inspiration to me. And, uh, sharing yourself and being vulnerable. Thank you so Thank much. You for inviting me into your space to do that. And the network was so amazing and I'm so appreciative. Um, and yeah, and thank you for all the questions and comments. I'm, I'm just so excited and so, so thrilled and honored truthfully to have been here for two hours now. Isn't it? It goes by fast, right? Mm -hmm. It's wild. Yeah. I, I am astonished every time. So thank you. <laughs> um, but just to close, uh, and again, this can be camera on, camera off. You can do this at home if you're listening or not. It's whatever feels good. But just to take up some space. So I'm like spreading a little bit like a big star. You can stand and do this or sit. And eyes can be open or closed. And just taking a moment to be big when so often we're asked to be little. And taking a moment to acknowledge that no matter how you feel when you leave tonight, you took a moment to be a part of a conversation. And that's really hard to do and really rare and beautiful and enough, in my opinion. Um, I'm just going to guide us through three cleansing breaths, if that sounds good to you. So just taking a nice slow breath in again, filling up the chest, the lungs, the belly, pausing for just a second. And on the exhale, if you like, maybe even making some sound, letting something go. Ah. <sighs> If that felt good, we'll do it two more times, just taking a nice slow inhale, really getting big. And then whenever you're ready, it can be in your own time. <sighs> Last one, if that's feeling good, inhale nice and slow. And <sighs> thanks everybody. Thanks, Emmy. I love you. Thank you so thanks. much. Yeah, <laughs> thanks that work.